to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Match Podcast. And you guys know it's Off the Match. You guys listen to it. So I don't know why I keep introducing it just as Off the Match Podcast, but welcome back to the podcast. And this week on the podcast, I'm going to welcome a new guest to the show. You know, again, I always kind of have repeating guests, you know, just for good, fun conversation. I like to bring on new people just to meet new people as well. So to the podcast, I'm going to welcome mother, wife, scientist, BJJ student, and self-defense instructor, Ms. Lindsay Hedlund. Did I say yeah. that correctly? You did. You nailed it. Thank you so yes. much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Well, thank you for making the time to do this. It's always exciting when you have someone new to come on and just especially in the jiu-jitsu and self-defense arena so anytime you know you all as guests make the time to sit and talk with me i'm always appreciative so thank you so i guess kind of jumping right into it for the listeners like i have listed here you know you practice jiu-jitsu so for you when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and martial arts in general and self-defense. Well, what was your introduction to it and how'd you get, you know, started? Yeah, I've always been like really interested in combat sports, even growing up, you know, um, was a huge fan of like WWE. And then that later kind of grew into UFC when Ronda Rousey came on the scene, obviously, like I was right there front row in front of the TV screen just cheering cheering them on because seeing a woman on a stage like that was so empowering to me just to kind of live vicariously in the moment for a little bit so it's always been a big interest of mine and i didn't realize how much of a life-changing event it would be actually getting on the mats so let me back up a little bit uh, my husband and i we have two children and our oldest had actually started training brazilian jiu-jitsu we picked it for her from because of a self-defense perspective right being a female being smaller, like knowing how to defend herself if she's ever taken to the ground um, by a larger opponent, by a man. Um, and so we were always interested in, in that perspective. We found a school that had a great culture and we got really plugged in. And, I, and finally, like I was like, I can't fight it anymore. Like I have to go in. I have to start trying this. So I actually got um, a gi for my birthday and started training. That was about five years ago. So, um, yeah, and it's just... I hit the ground running and fell in love with it. You know, it's opened my eyes to so many things, not just as far as combat sports go, but life in general, like it's a great um, place to learn lessons and apply life's lessons, you know, on the mats. So it really just lit a fire in me and I haven't turned back. Good. That's good to hear. And it's always interesting to hear that perspective of the parent who, whose child was training first and then, you know, you get into it at our gym, you know, we would have, you know, similar situations where we'd have a kid training and the way it used to be set up, the parents were kind of right there on the mat, like, you know, on the edge of the mat. Yeah. That's how we were. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from time to time you get a parent like calling out, you know, things to the kid and it's like, Hey, Hey, 
we're the coach. Like, if, if you want to do that, then you come out here and train, you know, as well. Yeah. And, you know, a few did, actually. So the best part, though, is like when they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about and they start trying to coach the child and you're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Beat him with his arm. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Just it's not stand even up. A thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's my favorite one. Oh, just stand up. <laughs> just stand up. Like you can do it. Just stand up. I believe in you. <laughs> right. I, I, I believe in them too. But guess what? They're not about to do. Exactly. Yeah. Even though you had kind of that early introduction or prior introduction, you know, through your child, when you finally got onto the mats and started training yourself, what was that? What was the experience like for you? Actually, probably a lot of women have very similar experience. You know, we were, there was one other woman at the time on the mats with me. I was the only one who was interested in competing. Um, so I was often in just a hundred percent male environment all the time training, um, always outweighed, <laughs> uh, always out muscled, you know, um, and it's definitely a struggle for a woman. I've had this conversation with, I don't know how many girls now coming up through the ranks where for women, I think especially, or even just smaller gra grapplers in general, it takes longer to see progression because your technique has to be 100% clean in order to be successful against someone who's bigger and stronger, right? So you may not see that progress until like once you finally have that technique locked down and then it clicks and then you start to see success. So it can be very frustrating and very just um, like it really it really weighs you down after a while. You have to be determined, like put your head down, stay in the fight, have goals that you're looking to reach, because otherwise the day in, day out of just, you know, basically getting your butt whooped, it's it can take a toll on you. But I think a lot of women stay in the sport because of that, because it is so challenging, right? And when you do see a success, it's a huge win. And that feeling that you get when you have a successful technique executed on somebody who outweighs you, outstrengths you, you know, that feeling is unmatchable anywhere else. It's just, it's like euphoric, <laughs> you know? So it definitely, it's moments like that that keep me coming back for more. You just, until you experience it, you can't explain it. Sure. The, it, it's, I'm always curious to, to know just that, you know, when, when, you know, you enter a gym and you're one of maybe two females, if not the only one, you know, mm -hmm. just that challenge that comes along with that, it, my previous gym well i guess it's still my gym but it was under new it's under new ownership but when i first started training you know i'd see the stray female you know one or two <laughs> the stray so female. <laughs> yeah it was like you see them they show up to one class yeah. and you can tell you know they're part of the culture you know everyone knows them and it's like oh okay they they do belong here and then you don't see them again for like you know a couple weeks and then a different one comes in it's like oh it's weird why don't they come in together like <laughs> like that would match up and and you know the, these women were tough you know it wasn't mm -hmm. like oh they should only roll with other females no they they were coming in and wiping yeah. the mat with most of the dudes so it was good to see 
It, it is nice. And it's like you said, that stray female that wanders in because I've had a lot of people reach out to me and, you know, ask about building their women's program. And it's when you have an environment, when that, that stray female, I love that term. That's great. Um, is treated as an equal and with respect. And it's not weird because she's the only girl here. You know what I mean? And we treat her like any other fighter because she has just as much worth and as much value on the mat, even though she might be smaller than us, or she might not have trained as long as us, you know, when she comes in being treated as an equal and not as like some weird unicorn, <laughs> you know, um, with kit and handled with kid gloves, I think that goes a long way to really help not only build up her confidence and keep her coming back, you know, so she feels like she's part of the team and part of the community, but it also helps build your program because you're going to start attracting more and more people like that, more and more women who are looking for an environment like that. So it really, it helps both the woman and the school when you can foster an environment that's just so welcoming and inclusive of having females on the map. Yeah, I think that's extremely important that you have that momentum. Absolutely. If, you know, you have a female that shows up and then, you know, she's like, well, look, I'm the smallest one here. I don't really feel like, you know, I'm gaining anything here. They leave and then another one comes along and, mm -hmm. you know, it's business as usual. There was a gym that I did a trial at uh, many years ago. And I've, I've mentioned it on here a few different times where I went in as a dude like who was athletic and in shape and it didn't feel like a welcoming environment, even for myself. Oh man. I was like, well, it, you know, there are no females there. Oh no. There, yeah. there was one, one female. I, I think I went to two sessions at the first one. There was no fee there. Yeah. There wasn't a single female there. And then the second time I went in, there was one female. And I remember talking to my buddy who I went to that jump with that he introduced me there and you know i like i mentioned the one female there and uh it, you know looking back on it now this guy and i we don't you know jive anymore uh just difference of views but he was like yeah i don't roll with females mm. and in my head i'm just thinking well i mean that's not welcoming to females to your gym so right. and i know yeah that's his own personal opinion whether it be because you know, whatever, you know, I, I had my suspicions as to what it may have been, but I don't know. Yeah. And like, there are some valid ones. I did have a guy who declined to roll with me um, based on his religious beliefs. And I was like, that's sure. fine. Like hundred percent get that and respect mm -hmm. that. You know, that's no problem. I've had guys decline roles because I don't want to hurt a girl. And that's when I'm like, Oh, screw this. Like it's on now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so you hear all sorts of reasons for why guys don't want to train with girls. Um, it's just a really interesting perspective because, you know, I obviously have the female perspective and that there are certain guys that I don't necessarily want to roll with because they're going to like muscle everything. They're going to be very violent or aggressive. Um, so, you know, we all have our own perspectives, but especially as a gym owner, you know, taking into account. Is, does everybody feel that way about her? Is she going to come in here and not be able to roll or train with anybody? Because you've just, I mean, then cut her out of your target market, right? You're not going to yeah. be able to approach any females at that point. You just I cut will... your school list by 50%. Congratulations. 
Like I will say early on for myself, I felt that not like I didn't feel like I don't want to roll with a female because it's a female. I knew at the time that I was spazzy. <laughs> and I like I so that was me. I was the like, most spastic white belt in the world. It was awful. <laughs> it's weird because I was spastic, but I was also, you know, there there was control there, but you know, there was still kind of that momentary, like, muscle through. Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, no, that's their shoulder. Uh, <laughs> but there, my coach, I think early on, saw that I was a safe role. So he would pair me up with this one female, you know, frequently, almost to the point where, like, she became kind of my main training partner at one point. Nice. And early on, though, I kicked her in her head. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And dude, I felt so bad. So I was in a, it was half guard, it was a top half guard. And I was like, yes, I know this knee bar. We just went over this. She wasn't in that class. I'm going to land this knee bar. She'll never see it coming. What I didn't think about doing. So basically I was going to uh, spin around and boom, catch the knee bar, but I didn't um, secure her like torso. Like I didn't hold her upper body down so I could get my leg over. So I just went to swing the leg and she, because she sees this open daylight, she's like, he's not pressing down on me. He doesn't have an underhook. I'm going to sit up. She went to sit up and my knee found her eye, like, like bullseye. Perfect. And she dropped and you know, I screamed like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah. uh, like everyone could hear it. And then I like, I like jumped down, I, like started hugging. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." She was fine, but I was like, but "You I just don't... feel like trash, don't you?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt like the worst person. And uh, you know, it, she, she was cool about it, but in my mind, I kept thinking, "I don't want her to think I'm unsafe. I don't oh, want yeah. coach to think that I'm unsafe." You know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm usually very like controlled and, you know, almost to a point now, it might be a detriment to, to some people's training <laughs> when people are getting ready for a competition. I'm like too controlled and too like slow paced. And they're like, dude, I need like fight time action. What are you doing? I, like, I just want you to get your work in. But, you know, after that though, I kind of, like calm, you know, I wasn't crazy really, but you know, I really, really got more controlled and like understanding of what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we had, you know, anyone new coming to the gym, uh, even if it was a female, my coach would send me over to them like, look, i work with Dante. He's going to show you some of the basics and, and, you know, you know, get you through it. And I took that role very seriously because I felt like I'm your first point of contact on these mats. So I want you to be able to have a good time, understand what's going on, because I want you to feel like you want to return. So Yeah, good for you, because like that, I call him like the big brother. Um, that hmm. big brother role on the mats is like, it's really critical. At least it was for me um, coming on. And I'll even like when new girls are coming into the school, I'll be like, all right, you know, uh, here's whoever, like, he's good. Stick with him tonight. You know, if he says you can roll with somebody, roll with somebody, that type thing. And kind of like put them in, not in charge, but like you're their mentor, you know what I mean? Lead them. And it really helps the, the women see that men are okay to train with, you know, they, there are safe partners. They are, 
um, you know, capable of rolling with a woman and it helps kind of, I guess, open their eyes to the more possibilities. Cause when they first walk in, right, it's this big room, like with mats and all these sweaty dudes and half of them are like no shirts and they all look like they should be in the yeah. UFC. And you're like, that is intimidating. Like, holy yeah. cow. I mean, thankfully, like I walked in, you know, to a very family friendly environment and my daughter, like I said, had trained first. So I knew all these people, I knew their families, knew their wives, I knew their kids. Um, but it's not always like that. So that no. intimidation factor, I think, keeps so many women from actually trying it out and like actually going. So I'll have women in the area reach out to me because, you know, they do know that I train and I'm pretty active in the community um, and ask me like, hey, would you go to a school with me? And I'm like, absolutely. Like whatever school you want to, I'll do a drop in class there. And, you know, I'll just be like your partner for the day and make sure that you're comfortable it's so, I don't know, that just, that intimidation factor, have somebody safe that you know that you can count on and depend on while you're there. It makes like all the difference in the experience. Absolutely. That there was a brown belt I rode with a few months back and our gym, like I said, it's under new ownership. It's been under new ownership for a while. So it's not, that's not, it's not even new ownership anymore. (laughs) It's like we're we're combined um, with a, another gym in our area now, and I train. I'm in between two locations, so I'm 15 minutes from, you know, two spots. And my main spot, I haven't been there just because of scheduling, so I've been training at a different location on Wednesday mornings. So I'm still kind of the new guy there a little bit. People don't recognize me. So there's a brown belt, female brown belt. She had come in. It was a, a holiday. So she's off. She's in there on the Wednesday morning with us. And as we're rotating around, getting new partners, she goes, all right, Dante, come on. Don't be spazzy. <laughs> and my coach, it, like, and this made me feel good to hear my coach say, he was like, what? Dante be spazzy? He's one of the safest guys you're going to roll with. And that made me feel like, dude. Like, I love you. it. So and, and then she proceeded to just smother me. It, it was, <laughs> oh, my God. Like I learned things in that six minute role with her that will stick with me for life. And I've been training for, you know, I don't know what my daughter's going to be seven. So about seven or eight years or so. So, you know, just kind of taking note from the way that, you know, she left no space when she got my back. It was like, you know, when you get out of pool and, you know, like, your clothes were like just suction to you. That's how she was on my back. And I was like, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, I was like, dude, like when's the timer going to go off? It's like, <laughs> I don't like this, you know, it, it, but it, it was a learning experience. And, you know, for me, like I said, when, when I'm in there, I want to try to help the team, even though I don't compete, I want to be able to make sure I'm giving you, the look you need while rolling or if you need something to work on and clearly she was working and i was just like dude I, like i feel a little scared because, <laughs> and, she, and she was small it wasn't like you know someone that was close to my height or anything she was a tiny tiny human and i was like this is just i don't i've never experienced anything like this and was, her technique was like on point everywhere wasn't it it was like if I had to say something was perfect, it was everything she did. I was just like, dude, 
And I maintain like, like as a woman, that's you have to, and to be successful in the mm-hmm. sport, like I feel like the bigger, stronger, you know, people can get away with a sloppier technique because they can out, they can muscle it right, and they can force things. Yeah. But when there's like you don't have that option, so if you're going to progress and get better, like your technique has to be spot on, whether you're male, female, whatever. Like the smaller grappler has to have that just perfected technique. Yep, absolutely. So with you in self-defense as an instructor, for you, what's something that you, you know, let's say I'm a new student coming in and, you know, I I know nothing at all. It, like, what's something that you would say to me to kind of, you know, give me an ideal of what we're going to be learning that day or or what I would need to get the process rolling to defend myself. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually work with um, a company called the Hero Self-Defense Project when we have a program called the Mean Girl Project. So that's what um, we're working on right now to develop um, different levels of programming specific to women, taught by women, um, developed for women and techniques that work, you know, as that smaller person, because you're never going to be attacked by a larger person, right? So we actually have the programming broken down into like smaller chunks. So you have a 12 week intro um, programming and then you're going to 16 weeks and and moving on up the chain um, with belts associated with each of them. But really like the first step to getting on the mats is just, you know, taking a breath, um, enjoying yourself and knowing that you are worthy of being on the mats you are capable of all the techniques that we're doing i don't care your fitness level your you know age size any of that like every single woman out there is worth defending they're worth fighting for and they're worth the training that goes behind it to be able to be capable of that so definitely when somebody first comes in i'm going to walk them through the 12 week programming that we have and just show them that nothing's scary. We're not throwing in any like flying arm bars. We're not punching anybody in the face, you know, like everything is very maintainable and it's very, um, I don't want to say beginner level, but it's like entry level. Right. So, and you're going to build on that as the program grows and builds on itself. So you have that constant training because we see so many self-defense seminars and I absolutely, I'm a huge fan of self-defense seminars because I feel like that's where, the spark really happens in women and they're like, oh, I need to be training this. But it's that recurring training, that developing muscle memory week after week, time after time of being on the mats and drilling the same technique that's really going to come through for you in a time of crisis. When it's fight or flight, you know, and the rubber hits the road and you've got to fight for your life, you're going to have to rely a lot on muscle memory to get through. And it's, again, like we were saying earlier, your technique has to be 100% spot on because this person's going to be bigger than you. They're going to be stronger than you. They may be strung out on something. You have to have everything locked down and in that adrenaline moment, be able to pull off the perfect technique. So um, everybody is capable of doing that, but that recurring training is what's going to build it into your muscle memory. So like I said, the Mean Girl Project we have uh, starts out with a 12-week program. Um, you meet once a week. It's an hour and a half. And then you have homework throughout the week. We build on um, each class and we do pressure tests along the way. Um, it's a fantastic program and it's a great first step for women into the idea of self-defense and into the you know combat sports community. 
Awesome. There's this thing I always kind of think about. And, you know, I mention it sometimes. My manager where I work at, she asked me one, one time if I could do a self-defense class for her um, car group that she's in. And, you know, I had a lot of questions because <laughs> I was like, is this a one-time thing you're looking for? Like, what, you know, what are you looking to gain from this? And I think for them, it was just more so to have an activity for the group, like kind yeah, of like team building. Them. So I was like, you yeah, know, that's fine. It, but in my mind, it's like, I don't want to just show you this, you know, one time or two times because understanding jujitsu in itself or just martial arts period, like you said, muscle memory is an important thing, you know. You have, you know, TV shows that show people going to, you know, a self-defense class and they do it once and then they'll give you a scene later in the show where they, it's like, oh, they're they're an expert at this. They, yeah, you know, they're exactly. really nervous. They're, they're not nervous <laughs> at all or scared. They, they just know how to, you know, do a, you know, spinning wheel kick now. It's like, nah. Just suddenly, it's, like, it's magic. <laughs> like, the, like the, the, the fight or flight kicked in and that, that fight hit and you know, they're out there doing backflips, let alone they can't even do a somersault. But they they just downloaded flip. it from the Matrix. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, so I think, you know, what you're saying, you know, I always feel like is very important about the muscle memory and, you know, having it be a consistent thing versus, you know, you go to two or three classes and think, you know, oh, I can do this now. I don't need any more. Or as you know, we may have encountered the white belt who's taken jujitsu for two months, three months or something. And, you know, you, you see them on the internet out there, get into a fight and get in shown that maybe your jujitsu isn't what you think it is. Right. <laughs> Go back. <to> <laughs> Take that stripe back. <laughs> He <laughs> comes in the class and coach was like, hey, so um, what are you doing? Yeah, I need that stripe. <laughs> I'm going to need that. I need that back. Like, embarrassing me. <laughs> um, so I actually do have a question when when it comes to self-defense. And I don't know um, if you've seen the movie, I think it was 2002, Jennifer Lopez, Enough. I don't think she, I've seen that one. Oh, I don't know that you want to see it. No. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, because well, it, it. <laughs> it's um it, it's a domestic violence movie okay. um to some degree well i want to say to some degree it, it is full on but it's like basically jennifer lopez plays this character who's married to a rich i don't even know what he does for a living a rich guy and he you know no is not in his vocabulary he gets everything he wants. He buys her this house. He knocks on the door of a house that she says, oh, I love that house. It looks so nice. So he knocks on the door and tells the guy, hey, I'm buying your house. Pretty sure that's not how that works in real life. <laughs> right. You know, I've only ever bought a house once and I got very lucky. I'm pretty sure like walking up and telling someone that I'm going to buy your house doesn't. It's just not that simple. But throughout the movie, she starts to realize, hey, this guy is very controlling and I don't like this. I want out. They now have a child. And she feels trapped. Yes. Now, it goes to this thing where she, you know, starts, you know, really becoming kind of a master of the skies, being able to avoid this guy. But at some point, she goes and starts learning Taibo because that was the hot thing at the time. Okay. Uh, it was Taibo. And um, she ends up fighting, um, like kind of, you know, like the big 
you know, final battle of the movie. And every time I watch it, I start to cringe because I'm like, dude, this movie is given a bad, bad, bad example of what self-defense class is meant for and, you know, what you're capable of because, you know, she's like standing there like boxing the dude. And I'm like, okay, <sighs> that, that's fine. But, you you know, she's like, like, I'm just picturing they're just exchanging blows. Yeah. Like, he, okay. he hits her and she like smiles at him. I was like, okay, I don't, gotcha. I'm certain that's not how that's going to go. But I always, you know, I, I ask this question around a lot because I'm like, I can't be the only one looking at this and saying there's something wrong here. Um, especially again, when it paints this picture of self-defense, oh, like, you know, you'll just go out there and you'll be able to stand up and box with the guy now. And if he throws you off the banister, you'll land on something. And instead of being hurt, you'll roll under something and then move on to your next, you know, next trap that you set in his, his in his apartment. Oh, wow. for him. Yeah. It, it's it, my buddy watched it recently because we do another show and that was his movie he wanted to talk about. And I was like, dude, let's do it. Cause I've got thoughts and <laughs> I must be heard. <laughs> it, it, it turned into me bashing the movie that he watched. His girlfriend was watching it and he said, and he was like, I want to talk about this movie. And I was like, I want to talk about it too now. Cause I just saw it on Netflix and I thought about watching it again. But now I'm like asking people, it's like, Hey, what did you think of this movie if you've seen it? But oh my gosh, just from your description of it, it makes me cringe. <laughs> if I'm being honest, you know, and that's something that we do teach like, you're not invincible. You're not yeah. going to be able to escape a fight unhurt or unscathed. Un you, know, you didn't, you are going to take damage throughout the course of events, right? As our goal is to get you to have the mindset to be able to escape and get away. We don't want you sitting there, you know, change, exchanging right hooks with the guy. We want you to get away safely and get to safety. So, yeah, I don't know if that movie's going to be going on my list <laughs> for yeah. watching. If you've never seen it, I, I just gave you. Mark it right off. <laughs> Everything that you need to know about that movie, Jennifer Lopez is a badass. She can't be stopped. I think she ultimately kills the guy by throwing him through a glass table, glass coffee table. Mind you, her fall was probably higher than his fall. But yeah, you he said died. it was off the banister, right? Yeah. I mean, I can break fall pretty well, but <laughs> I don't know about off a banister. Roll yeah. into the next set. Well, just <laughs> I just said to my wife the other day, I talked to a friend I hadn't talked to him in a long time and we were going to talk about movies on an episode of the podcast. And he was like, I stopped watching movies. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, it's just everything's so fake and da da da. And since he's mentioned that everything I watch now, it, it's like, I'm tainted. I'm like, Oh my God, he's right. The dialogue is so phony. And I, I watched the newest screen movie. And there's a scene where one of the girls falls from a high platform and she's okay. And I turned to my friend and I says to them, I was like, dude, I know how to break fall, but that's not, you can't break fall that. Right. <laughs> it's not break you fall. fall <laughs> you're going to break something and not your fall. Um, no, but, my husband and I, we have like uh, kind of a similar line of thinking. Cause I think you and I have, 
probably similar tastes in movies, just judging from a short conversation. But um, we have to like click our brain off. And I really feel like combat sports has ruined a lot of movies for me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that is a trash rear naked choke. Like, that's horrible. Why is he not just turn? Just turn. But yeah, we have to like kind of turn our brain off and be like, it's just for fun. Just let it go. Yeah. And anytime I see a movie and someone goes for that, that straight arm choke. And now my wife says it while we're watching. She's like, look at that punk ass choke. I <laughs> love it. Stopping nobody. <laughs> and, like, and then she, like, I'll say to her, like, that arm extended like that? Oh my God. That's an arm bar waiting to happen. She's right, like, like, right? Take the arm. Now, does she and train too? She does not. Okay. I, I'm, I've been What's trying. Why won't she train? I, our conversations that we have, it, it veers everywhere from like she doesn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that completely. Like with strangers, and I told her, I was like, well, look, if you know, you come in the train, you'll be working with me anyway. Just a heads up. I am the sweaty guy. I don't know if you know this from our marriage of 23 <laughs> years, but I am that guy. So, you know, if I got you inside control, just keep your mouth closed. Right. Close because, your eyes, close your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Just, just turn away. But her big thing is just this discomfort of, you know, rolling with strangers and, and I, yeah. I try to explain to her in a way to not, you know, I don't want to fear monger her or anything and say, well, look, if someone attacks you, that's going to be a stranger. I want you to at least have an understanding of, you know, defending yourself to some capacity. And, you know, my biggest thing that I always say to everyone is, you know, your best self-defense is to avoid the fight, whether you can talk it down or remove yourself from the situation. Don't fight unless you have to, you have no choice. And that's what I try to explain to her is like, sometimes you may not have a choice. And fortunately, you know, she's never encountered anything like this. And I think that's part of her mindset too, is I've never encountered it, you know, so I think I'll be okay. Right. Um, she you don't need it until you need it type thing, right? Yeah. I remember her best friend made a comment once about being scrappy. And I said to my wife, I was like, look, she's about a buck 15 soaking wet with no training, like in her life at all. Mm-hmm. Her scrappiness is not going to save her. Like I train with women who, you know, might be a buck 30, a buck 40, you know, they're strong and they're, you know, well-trained, but at the end of the day, you know, the best situation or the best thing for that situation is to avoid it. And if you have to fight, you know, buy yourself some time to escape. You're not fighting, you know, like Jennifer Lopez and enough, you're not, you know, standing there squaring up, you, like the whole ideal is to be able to buy yourself time. And I try to explain that to both of them uh, for, you know, all the, you know, the little ones and everything is like, look, we need to get our kids training. Um, and, and you know, well, again, just in the ideal of self-defense, mm-hmm. it, it, I think that's what it really comes down to is not even about training. You know, there are so many other benefits from martial arts. I know for myself, mental health in itself is I, I go to class after I get out of class, no matter what happens, I still feel really good. I could I could spend an entire class getting stomped and I walk out and still feeling like, you know what? This was a good day. Yeah. Like 
Not many people can say they got their ass kicked and then come out, you know, today was good. <laughs> they go, oh, really? What's so good about the day? Uh, I got choked four times. I think, you know, I almost went out once. Um, that doesn't sound like a good time. That sounds like a nightmare. Trust me. You just got to be there. And I try to explain this to my wife. Like, you just got to be there. Yeah. And, but until you're in that situation, like, you just don't understand. It's it's like nothing else I've ever done. It's amazing. But it sounds like your wife needs something like the Mean Girl Project. So we need to get a program running out near you because, it, yeah. you know, it's all women. And, like, we kind of ease into it, start with, like, just pushing and pulling and wrist grabs. And I see a lot of these self-defense programs get out and it's like, all right, day one, we're doing triangle jokes. And it's like, okay, that's a little personal for me. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even yeah. know the ladies standing next to me. I don't want to get in that position with them. So we ease into it. We have a lot of fun. So we'll have to look into getting a program running out your way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important, you know, like you said, in, in that instance there, you know, day one, you're doing triangles. It's like, triangles aren't easy. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's and I mean, if you're like, uncomfortable, you know, like touching another person, which a lot of ladies who come into training are they're you know, mm -hmm. we're the caretakers. We're supposed to be like taking care of the, you know, everybody and like healing injuries and, and showing love all the time. We're not used to like that forceful, violent behavior, at least majority. And so doing like touching someone in that way is so foreign. And you can always tell the women who have trained other places that come in, like, even if they don't tell you because they're comfortable touching you, you know, they're not like just doing this like easy grab. They're like, okay, I got you. They're like, okay, you've, you've done some, some sort of training in the past, but asking yeah. them to go into a compromised position, even mount, like for me yeah. to let somebody, um, especially a guy that I don't know, you know, I've never trained before say, get on top of me and mount, I'm completely helpless. I don't, I don't know how to escape mount. I don't know what mount is. I mean, that's just like a panic attack waiting to happen. So yeah, of course women are intimidated. <laughs> you know, they're getting put under some big sweaty guy in this a very compromised position. And we just look at it like, oh yeah, this is a normal Tuesday. But to them, it's not a normal Tuesday, right? Well, yeah, I've, I've seen guys come in, you know, you get full mount on them and I've, I've had a couple guys just tap because the claustrophobia of yeah. it in itself. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what this is. You know, I don't have the cardio for it. You know, they're not used to yes. it. They don't understand how to regulate their breathing. And, you know, and that's just, you know, again, that's a guy who's, you know, about my size. He was like, okay, I don't like this. You know, yeah, so now you, you put a female in that position where, you know, again, I don't know this person and now they're getting mount or I, I had a friend come in. And he trained with my female training partner and I and a group of three. And we were working rear naked chokes that day. So coach was like, you know, just kind of ease them in with you guys. And um, she, so my partner, she gets my back. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a broad, shorter guy. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. I've gained a little bit of weight. You know, I like pastries. They're delicious. <laughs> Bring me um, all the tacos. I'm with you. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I've never seen a taco that I would ever say no to. Like, Same. But um, she, she gets my back and she's a, she's a small woman and she's going for the rear neck and choke. My buddy looks and goes, damn, y'all just get all up in there. Don't you? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, we're not baking cakes, dude. <laughs> like, like, they, they, 
there are situations where this is a fight and you're fighting for survival and you know now imagine again you know someone on on someone else's back i think he ended up not doing jujitsu he decided he was going to go do muay thai instead and he's doing very well with that so proud of him he found his niche and i think getting up close and personal with other people is not it so i get yeah. it um and, and and that's just the thing too when it comes to martial arts and self-defense maybe wrestling jiu-jitsu things like that it's not everyone's cup of tea but mm -hmm. you know something has to work and that's why i keep trying to tell my wife like look man like, i just want you to you know, like just be able to you know buy yourself time in a situation you know i told her look one day i might just set like booby traps in the house <laughs> and i'm just like hide and just pop out i want to see your reaction <laughs> like jump out like oogity boogity <laughs> <laughs> You weren't prepared. <laughs> but one day she'll probably stab me. He was like, "Yo, what are you doing? You told me to defend myself." Right, exactly. I'm scrapy. <laughs> he stabs you right in the neck. Like, oh gosh. Like, dude, I need an ambulance right now. This hurts. <laughs> you are not allowed to come to any classes with me. You, you might stab someone. Like, you have problem? been cut off. <laughs> I'm from Detroit, not you. Like, <laughs> this does not happen this way for us. <laughs> I, I always like the fortune teller said it would be by stabbing. They didn't say it'd be from my wife from Maryland. Right. My wife of 27 years. Like, what is wrong with you? I was just, I was just trying to help. Um, but I think, you know, again, th that understanding and, and trying to ease someone in and give them that comfort, you know, your program, it sounds like it, it's, doing just that and it sounds wonderful i i mean i obviously i think it's it's the best because if it if i didn't we would change it and make it better but um i actually met up with a lady named stacy councilman um she's from california she is just an amazing fighter um wonderful woman in general but um, her skills are just ridiculous um and she has really taken this program and developed it and blown it out into what it is today um we are in five states now. So the way that it works is um, if you are a blue belt or higher in jujitsu, have competition experience in some sort of martial art um, or Krav Maga experience, um, that's like equivalent to a blue belt, then you can take a certification course and become an instructor. We do background checks on all of our instructors. You come to a weekend training where we go through the full program, you know, teach you about like our values and morals because we have a very strict code of ethics that we want all of our instructors to live by um, where there's, you know, no cattiness, no nastiness, no, um, I don't know, just like back talking, you know, um, you are every, everybody's biggest fan, essentially, like we're all here to make each other better. And so we don't want any of that negativity to infiltrate our community. Um, so you sit through the training and you go through some of the, the programming and the seminars, um, get involved with Warrior Forged Project, which is a nonprofit that goes around and does um, self-defense training for communities. And you can get certified to be an instructor. So then you can have your own Mean Girl classes at your school, whatever affiliation you are, as long as the school approves it. Um, you can host them in a CrossFit gym. You can host them at a YMCA, wherever you want to have them. 
um, and take self-defense out to the ladies, you know, kind of meet them where they are, because if they don't want to come into a jujitsu school full of sweaty guys, you know, maybe you can meet them, I don't know, at church rec center, or like I said, at a gym somewhere, we've had a lot of interest from functional fitness gyms, CrossFit style gyms, um, for our hosting programs there too. So yeah, if any ladies that are out there listening, if they want to get on <clears throat> involved in instructing and hosting their own classes, you know, get a good side hustle going, definitely check out Mean Girl Project. I'll make sure um, once we wrap and everything to get more info and awesome. and put some links in the show notes and everything. So appreciate that. It, it sounds like, I mean, again, being in multiple states is it's one thing to just, you know, have a program in itself, but to now span, you know, from one state to the other. And, and really build that brand and, you know, have a legitimate, you know, base for people to kind of rely on. You know, I think that's extremely important. And, you know, it, I, I can imagine, you know, there's, you know, some difficulty, you know, challenges that come along with it, just, you know, in oh, itself. Sure. But, yeah. um, and you know, trying still- to control the community, because we want to make sure that you know, we have like a high caliber of instructor and we have like the type of person who is our instructor, you know, like I said, meets that high code of ethics and those morals that we have. So um, we've had to really kind of, I don't want to say limit our growth, but like you definitely coast a little bit and, and pump the brakes every once in a while and be like, okay, we, we have to have this controlled because we don't want to get too big too fast. And, sure. you know, we're seeing a huge, um, just a huge response from people wanting to run the program in so many different locations, but we want to make sure that we're doing it the right way and we're rolling it out in a controlled method so that we don't lose anything. The instruction isn't watered down. You know, the experience isn't watered down and it's consistent across all the locations that you go to. So I'm actually flying out to new Orleans, um, I think beginning of June to help kick off a program that's going to be starting out there. And I'm going to, the instructor, it's her first time going through it. So we're going to sit with her, have her do, you know, let her do the seminar. We'll be there for questions. Um, Another instructor and I are going to be there in full support, just like her cheerleaders behind the scene, because I know she's going to do a fantastic job and she's not even going to need us there. But we'll be there just in case, you know, nerves get to her. Absolutely. One thing I was thinking about, too, as I, you know, saw again on your Instagram, scientist. (laughs) I guess my first question is, what kind of scientist? (laughs) And then the second question or the second part to that question is, you know, how does, you know, how would you compare, you know, martial arts and science, you know, their, their, um, I guess there's some connection, but how would you connected. There is, and it's fantastic. Um, So I actually have a degree in biochemistry and cellular and molecular biology. Um, I started out working for a pharmaceutical manufacturer and then over, you know, how career paths change and everything. I'm now um, have transitioned into regulatory affairs for medical device manufacturing. So working with kind of the liaison between engineering and legal, like federal regulations, um, kind of in that, that boiling pot. Um, so yeah, so that's what type of scientist, I guess, to answer your question there. Um, but for me, especially I am so 
like my, I'm so, I guess I have a traditional like scientist mind. So I have to see cause and effect. I have to see angles. I need to see why, you know, one technique works versus like any little nuances that may change that may throw it off. And then I'm going to run it as almost like an experiment when I go um, into live roles. And, you know, I have like a whole method to my madness. There's a, a protocol that I follow when I'm trying <laughs> So I feel like sounds like such a nerd um, when I'm trying to implement like a new move and who I try it on first. And um, like once I'm successful there, then I'm going to try it on the next person or the next level. And, you know, I have all the ladies in my gym are now like, where do I rank in her protocol? But I have like a series of people that I'm going to go through um, until I'm like, OK, this technique is locked and loaded. Like it's time to throw it in the arsenal and just pull it out, you know, like whenever I can. Um so for me, understanding the angles behind everything, the why behind everything, and then the implementation of it um, as far as like a sequential steps and processes. And once I feel like I actually have it, you know, wrapped up and I understand it, I'm not going to say I have it perfected because Lord knows just, I will give you my professor's number. He will vehemently tell you that I have nothing perfected. <laughs> He's probably like screaming right now as I'm saying this and he doesn't know why. Um, but yeah, but as I'm getting more comfortable with it and understanding the technique. So until I have my mind wrapped around completely the why it works, um, I'm not going to feel confident with it. Hearing that really kind of makes me think now about my jujitsu <laughs> and and how I do jujitsu because I, I do kind of look at it that way too. It's like, well, you know, how is this going to work? Why would it work? You know, the different angles and, you know, kind of the, you know, yeah. the fulcrum, you know, everything. And it's like, okay. But then like, as I'm thinking that, I just get out there on the mat and say, eh, just go to old reliable. <laughs> like, Same old trusty arm bar. He's been like, with me for years. <laughs> this thing has never let me down. Use your strength. Power through. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny because, like, I mean, that's literally that was me, too, um, for a long time to the point where one of my professors says, I am not promoting you if you ever pull that same shitty arm bar from guard that you pull. And I'm like, but it works. Like, why? Why yeah. do you knock it? Um, but, yeah, I'm, I was the same way. And he was like, nope. No stripes for you until you stop pulling that arm bar. Okay, fine. <laughs> I have a, just the bad habit of we'll work on a technique, we'll drill and we'll drill and we'll drill and I'll feel confident. Once it's time to go live, it's like, psych. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to do that, didn't you? I even set it up too. Look at that. I got the X card and everything going, but guess what I'm going to do? Going right to half guard. <laughs> Oh, you thought I was going to, you thought I was going to, you know, go for uh, the barrel roll. Nope. We're going to deep half now. <laughs> I'm going to get even hey, worse. You just got to keep them guessing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Expect yeah. the unexpected. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're guessing with me. They're like, I guess he's going to go deep half. Yep. He is. <laughs> and we're just going to smother him now. But you thought you're going to hit the waiter sweep on us. Come on, dude. <laughs> You've done it four times. <laughs> you're not getting it again. But yeah, it, it's martial arts, jiu-jitsu especially, you know, has that, that you know, science experiment approach. You know, we always say, you know, at practice, you know, we're in the lab right now. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, we're just trying to figure out, you know, what pieces go where and, you know, how we're going to implement this in competition or wherever we may end up having to use it. So, yeah, and you have a I, hypothesis like what's going to work and then it you go into it. It doesn't. All right, let's back up and fix it and figure out what we need to change, what little nuance we can tweak, you know, to get to the to the end result that we want. Yep. Every, you know, every little detail has has a purpose. So absolutely. And I believe if I saw correctly online, you all have a workshop coming up for uh, the Warrior Forge project in April. So, yeah, we have those popping up. The Warrior Forge project, like I said, is a um, it's a separate entity from the Mean Girl project, but it's a a nonprofit organization. So you can actually request seminars. Anybody out there listening, if they want to host a seminar at their school, um, one of our instructors will go out and it's a free seminar for all um, to come. We will do a presentation and then we'll do a demonstration of techniques afterwards. And it's a great way to, you know, going back to introducing women to your gym and trying to get them on the mats, you know, to break that barrier of entry. Um, it's a great way to expose the women in your community to your school and what you have to offer. So I guess I'm going to be honest, all the questions I had, you answered. <laughs> well, good. So as we do all of our conversation here and we're talking about martial arts, self-defense, science, um, all these wonderful things, I wanted to steer a little bit in a different direction because I have another podcast called So You Like Horror and I know that you follow BJJ Wiki and I don't know if you follow So You Like Horror. I know So You Like Horror follows you. Oh, well. Because I... <laughs> every so often I see you pop up, like one of your posts will pop up. They're like, oh. Well, that is so okay. sweet. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like, here we are. Um, I think I do, though, because when, once I found out that you had that, I was like, oh, I think I'm, this guy and I are going to get along. And so I think I went to follow it. <laughs> so I think I do follow you back on that one. Perfect. Because that leads to my next question. Do you like scary movies? I love scary movies. <laughs> I absolutely I love wish, scary movies. I wish I had the ghost face, like, voice modulator. <laughs> There you Fuck. go. Fuck. <laughs> but I haven't, so I haven't seen the new Scream yet, though. I'm failing on that. I've got to go. I got to go watch it. I, it, you know, I didn't want to see it at first, but then I saw all these positive reviews from people that I trust. Yeah. And then I went and saw it, and I was like, "Wow." Did that I disappoint? Don't know. Not at all. Oh, good. I That's was what I blown away. Too. Yeah, and they've done a really good job of like reinventing the genre or the like the I don't know the whole scream. What do you call it? Line of movies, right? Um, but not taking themselves too seriously at the same time, you know, and giving a lot of callbacks to the original, where you're like, oh, I see what you did there, you know, um, and very tongue in cheek, but still bringing that real horror film vibe and actual good scares with it. Yeah. That's the thing that was really interesting about the franchise in itself is that franchise. That was the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> um, watching it, watching it grow over the 25 years since it had been out, been released. Um, 
and just seeing where they take it. You know, the first one obviously was, you know, a, a, a celebration of horror in itself by introducing us to meta horror or reintroducing us to it because Wes Craven had already done that two years prior with Wes Craven's new nightmare. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure it was even used prior to that, but it was put on the mainstream map with that film and then Scream did it on a bigger scale. And then you get the second one addressing sequels, the third one addressing um, trilogies, the fourth one addressing remakes, the fifth one addressing reboots, and now the sixth one kind of touching on franchises. And um, it, the, you know, like you said earlier, when we're talking about uh, enough, you have to kind of turn turn the switch <laughs> off to watch it because there's some things that happen where you're like, yeah, that was avoidable. Right. <laughs> you, you didn't need to do that. You could have you could have just I, if you would have made a left and went to, you know, Dwayne, you know, Dwayne Reed and, and you know, instead of going to that bodega over there, you would have been <laughs> you, you would have avoided Ghostface altogether. Um but uh, with scary movies, what is your favorite scary movie? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can actually answer that because I there's so many different genres that I like and types of scary movies. I'm trying to think, there was one that we watched recently that was so good, and I'm blanking on the name of it. I don't know, but like I always love a good like demonic possession movie. You know, those always just scare the crap out of me. And then the traditional horror where you have like the slash murders, you know. Yeah. I'm good. I'm really good with all of it. And you'll probably know the name of it. I know there's like three of them um that are coming out and it's this old group of um it's like a film producer and they're going to make yep. Inappropriate Epps. movies. Epps, <laughs> Pearl, and Maxine. That's it. So we just watched, um, I think, two of those. And we haven't seen the third one yet. And that was really good. I was impressed with how they handled a lot of things in that. So uh, that's probably the most recent one that I've watched. I haven't seen Pearl yet. I'm going to, I'm I'm waiting for because Maxine has not come out. I think they were what they were yes. trying to do is they're trying to drop the full trilogy in 2022, but I guess there was some hold up. So Maxine should be out this summer or fall. Oh, I okay. And then I want to watch it and then do an episode on it on on the full set. <laughs> there you go. That's so that's how I function. You haven't have, you haven't seen Pearl, but have you seen the first one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. We, okay. I actually just watched it again recently because. I don't know if people know this about me, but I like to put on horror movies before I go to bed. And something to really sleep. wrong with you. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm a kid from Detroit. If you were born in Detroit, there's nothing right with anyone from there, except for maybe a couple people. Um, actually, I just realized before my wife left for work, she left the closet door open. I specifically said, hey, could you close the closet door? Because <laughs> the way that I'm sitting, I'm trapped under... A, a, a lap desk, a laptop, a microphone, and all these wires. So if some shit goes down, you're screwed. I, I, I won't be in the sequel. <laughs> Sadly. Um, oh, but you know I, another one that was good. Speaking of your computer and your laptop, and I'm so mm-hmm. bad with names. Like, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about like 
my battle with Lyme and everything and the brain fog is very real. The memory loss is very real. But there is a movie where it's all done online. And like the kids are typing back and forth to each other and they're on webcams. Uh, I think that so sounds like. Good. So there's three that I'm aware of. There was one that came out during COVID called Host. I think that was and it. They were doing. So, and the funny thing is it came out like right after lockdown. So they made this movie very fast and they would perform in a seance um, over, over uh, Zoom. And it, I, I thought that was well done. Then there was another one, I believe it was called Unfriend. I oh think. no, that's the one. That's the one I've seen is Unfriend. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, very creative. I feel like there's a sequel to it, I believe. Ooh. I think I, I I could be wrong. I, I'm making things up sometimes. <laughs> I feel sometimes bad. Like, if you say it with enough confidence, like nobody questions you. Just be like, yeah, that one movie, you know? You haven't seen it? What? <laughs> yeah, that's how I talk in job interviews. I say things with confidence, with way wrong answers. It's like, so make them say, second guess their answer. <laughs> what would you do if a staff member came over and stole your pencil? Well, I mean, I slapped the hell out of them and then, you know, take my pencil back. <laughs> And you just look at him and blink like, that's so wrong. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> but I'm confident. Exactly. You're hired. <laughs> so. Um, but I, I think to your answer, though, to, you know, what's your favorite movie is kind of a valid answer. It's just like it's, it's such a question of um, genre mm -hmm. uh, or subgenre, I should say, um, you know, era, you know, yeah. you know, just. You know, your demeanor at the time, you know, there, there's so many, you know, when I get asked that question, I don't have an answer either, to be honest. That makes, that makes me feel better. Good. I'm in good company. Like, I could tell you what some of my favorite films are. I actually got yelled at on uh, Instagram recently because someone says to me, what's your favorite scary movie? And I said, Halloween, The Conjuring, and Train oh, to Busan. And... The individual says to me, um, yeah, so when I said, what's your favorite movie, you know, that typically means one movie. So I responded that I was like, yeah, I understand, you know, it was singular, one movie, but it depends on my mood. It depends mm -hmm. on how I'm feeling when I'm watching a movie, what the movie, you know, like, kind of does to me. Like, do, is there an emotional response? Things like that. You know, is there like a legitimate like fear in my heart? And they're like, yeah, but I didn't ask you any of that. So I was like, okay. It, you Thanks, know, and, Mr. Internet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just responded. So I was like, I can see this conversation is going nowhere. So I'm going to go ahead and block you. Thanks for shooting me a message. So I appreciate the hell out of you, but don't message me again. I just blocked them. I was like, I'm not here for this fight. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> I'll have time well, for this. Because Instagram, like someone, said something on bjj wiki once and i called him a cunt and they i got blocked like, like instagram uh gave me a warning and said oh. you're gonna lose your account if you keep talking this way so dang okay so it's like dude it was the first time it's only once like when you talk about keep talking this way chill son <laughs> um so basically because of that i've been on my best behavior when it comes to internet trolls, either I say thank you for the follow or I just outright delete them and block them without any conversation. 
But what I really want to do is I want to say bad words. I love bad words. <laughs> hey, you and I both. And I have to keep myself in check, especially now that like my page is getting a lot more activity on it lately. And yeah. just some real, getting some real weird DMs. <laughs> People sliding in there. It's like, okay. And you want to say something, but I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, just handle it's this. It's going to get weirder. Yeah. On the, stay on the high road. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. I like, when when I first started off, the, the, it was weird already, but also people didn't know if I was male or female, so it got really weird. And then once I let them know, hey, I'm a guy, like please stop. Oh. Then then it started to kind of die down. But then every so often it gets like someone just sent me a question. It says, hey, you got any more posts about cats? <laughs> and I didn't know how to respond. I just I left it alone. I was like, I don't have an answer for you because I'm not sure what you're talking about. Right. And then um, they, I saw that they commented on a post. And I was like, okay, this is someone just trolling. They, they want my attention and I'm not going to play the game. So yeah. just a heads up. It's going to get weirder before it, it gets less weird. Oh, great. Great. Now, and I'm already like, I get very use the word triggered but i get very upset when i see like there'll be an you know an instructional video or something um on a technique and there'll be a girl as the training partner or even a girl giving the instructional and then you go in the comments and it's just like all these things about you know being in that position with her and this mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh my gosh people like <laughs> I just, I have no words and I want to go after all of them, you know, just screaming and cussing and I don't know, you can't fight it all. I know. But again, then you have women that are, want to come train, but they go and look at these instructional videos and they see all these comments about, you know, how her ass looks in her spats or something. And she's like, I'm not going into a jujitsu studio. I don't want to be treated like that with a bunch of people like that. And you know, it's just, it's a crazy world that we live in. Yeah. My previous guests on uh, episode 152, I, we specifically talked about that because he puts up technique videos and the young lady in the videos with him, I get harassed because of their, their videos. Um, so I can only imagine what they see, you know, what happens to them yeah. because, you know, I have to actually turn the comments off on, um, on one of the posts because it was oh, just getting wow. so aggressive. I was like, okay, y'all need to chill. And you know, one wow. of the posts, uh, people were making comments, females included. And I told them, cause they're like, stop sexualizing jujitsu. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, first off, you're the one that's looking at, you know, sexualization, sexualization of this post, like mm -hmm. right there. That's an arm bar. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I'm looking at like how the knees are squeezed. I'm looking at where the wrist is. Now, you know, the, you know, the, the response back to me on that was like, you knew what your post when you post was like, yes, I'm very aware that that's a, an attractive female. I'm not stupid, but also too, you all should be mature enough to be able to see past that. So I don't know. It, it, at the end of it all, like you say, you have people that come to these posts and you know, depending on what's going on in the comments, that could steer people away. And that's unfortunate. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 
if, if you know why you're there and what you're here for and, and, you know, you are legitimately training and looking to get a better understanding, then that's what you're there for. If you're there to troll, you know, good on you for, you know, being a troll and, you know, I, I don't have any good words for trolls. <laughs> Thank you for like, the follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to follow me to make a comment. So that's what I tend to say is thanks for the follow. And only one person has fought that back. He he hit me in the DMs and called me. He says, hey, I stopped following you there, you stupid cunt. And I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. I just don't know if, like, do people not have enough to do? They, like, they don't have too much time on their hands to be going around doing all this. I don't, I don't understand it. And I will be the first person to say that, like, any person who sexualizes jujitsu has never been in a fight. They have never yes. been to a jujitsu class. They don't know anything about it. I posted a video recently that actually uh, it blew up a little bit. And it was like how men think uh, female fighters look like after training, how they mm -hmm. actually look like after training. And it was cool to see like all the, the women who remixed it and like put their own post-training pictures. Cause we all look like, hot messes you know like we just can't look crawled out of the dumpster and our makeup's everywhere our hair is everywhere we're exhausted like there's nothing sexy about jujitsu i'm sorry guys there's just not so the fact that they come to these videos to try to make it that is just for me it's it's just disgusting it's interesting again that you know you point out look if you've ever trained you understand there's nothing sexy about it it's like if um you know, let's say someone's going for a Kimura, male or female, and, you know, they step over, you know, and now mm -hmm. my head is like between their knees. I'm not worried about where my head is located. I'm worried about my shoulder getting <laughs> snapped. Like Exactly. I, I, at that point, I don't like if I'm in a triangle, I don't care where my head is at that point. Well, I do because I don't want to get choked. But I'm not thinking about like, oh, no, their right. balls are in my face. I'm thinking to myself. I need to posture up. Yeah. Dear God, I need a breath. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I'm on my way out. Oh, no, my arm slipped out. Now they're going to arm bar me instead. This is embarrassing. Not only am I going to get choked, but now my arm's going to get broken at the same time. Like, I need a new sport. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So I feel like, I actually feel like we we talked about so much with martial arts, self-defense, and even scary movies. I didn't even get to get, in, you know, into the discussion about Lyme disease with you and, and your, your battle with that, because that was the initial <laughs> plan. Um, the best laid plans, Dante. It's okay. <laughs> but I would definitely love to have you back on the podcast. If you, um, you know, would be interested in coming back on and having that discussion as well with me. Oh, wow. I would be absolutely honored. This was so much fun. And um, I'm a big fan of yours. So yeah, absolutely. Just let me know. All right, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort out a, a you know, a, a sequel. And <laughs> I love it. And, um, you know, going to, you know, further conversation there as well, because my initial when I reached out to you, I was like, yeah, you know, I had a list. I was like, perfect. And then I redid my list. And I forgot to put that on there. Because I was like, okay, self-defense, like you have so much going on that it's like, 
you're trying to juggle and figure out what topics, where are we going? So that's just me in life. I'm trying to juggle and figure out where I'm going to. So I understand. <laughs> sometimes that's the best way to do it because it's the most adventurous. So, you know, never a dull moment. Amen. That's right. All right. Well, Lindsay, thank you again for doing this with me. Before we get out of here, do you have any shout outs or mentions that you'd like to uh, throw out there for us? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Shouting out the Mean Girl Project, Hero Self-Defense. Um, it's a great program. Uh, if you want to get involved as an instructor or take a class, reach out to them. Um, also want to give a shout out to Warrior Jiu-Jitsu. So uh, big part of my family, big part of my life. I uh, love everybody over there. Um, strong side family. And obviously my amazing husband and my two kids because they make everything possible for me. Awesome. That's awesome. So I'm going to make sure to put uh, links in the show notes here and uh, mentions and on uh, the Instagram post as well. So awesome. Thank you for that. No, no, thank you. And as always to everyone listening, thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for listening to the podcast and um, just sharing your time. Everyone who, who takes the time to download an episode and listen to it, even if it's only for 10 minutes, Thanks for those 10 minutes. I mean, at least you gave me 10 minutes, you know, to say, hey, I don't want to listen to this guy. I appreciate it. Um, I want to give a big shout out to everyone listening, everyone who's been a guest, especially. Um, without you all as a guest, the show doesn't work. So I greatly appreciate everyone who's sat down with me, who's who's um, jumped on StreamYard and, and done these conversations I appreciate the fuck out of everyone. I love you all. Also want to do a big shout out to my crew over there at Nerd Rage Radio. We are coming up on episode 400 very soon. So, you know, kudos to those guys. Love you guys. Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, um, Raul, Ricky Tiki. All you guys are great. Uh, keep up big, big things going on over there and all the good work. So, and I'll see y'all soon. So, um, shout out to them. Also shout out to my other show. So you like horror. It's about scary movies. As you all probably already heard, we were talking about scary movies a little bit. So if you're into that kind of stuff, go check out the latest episode. We were talking about horror movies in the 1950s, the themes and, and the different, um, societal, uh, effects that were going on that made those movies possible. So go check it out. My good friend, Jonathan, we sat there and talked a little bit. Then we started talking about other decades of movies because we can't stay focused. So but go check it out anyway. It's, it's a fun conversation. And last but not least, a uh, big shout out to Lindsay. Thank you for doing this again and sharing your time and your, your knowledge. I do appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate you. And I had a blast. Good, good. That's that's what I want all the guests to understand and know is that when you come on this podcast, it is relaxing. We we are a stress free stress free zone. We don't, you know, if, if you mess up, it's cool. If, if you stumble or stutter, it's cool. We don't fix it. So we have a good time at off the mats. So um, otherwise, I love you all. Thank you so much. You guys keep listening. I'm going to keep making the shows. 
Thank you, everyone, and goodbye. They it. Now let me see his song. <laughs> After about ten minutes, we'll be we should be fine. But it's always this opening, opening introduction. It's just like when you slap bump roll, right? Like you, that first yeah. one, you're just a little bit nervous. I'm always nervous until somebody hip tosses me and lands right on, like in my <laughs> chest. Then I'm like, okay, we are in a fight right now. Right? Holy crap! Here we go. <laughs> like I don't like that, and I can't do anything about it. So just stop being nervous. All right.